line. The game on the line, you can't fold and you can't bend. Uh, y'all be playing it safe and I be going for the win. Remember back when they was doubting on the kid. Uh, now they tuned in because my game too legit. So what's going on, world? Welcome to our first episode of Forgiven AF. My name is Sean Surface. I'll be your host. Bear with me. This is my first podcast and a little bit nervous about this, but I got a good crew behind me, a good producer. I really want to thank James Klein with Banger Boy VIP Studio in Mansfield for pushing me and giving me this opportunity because, uh, you know, let me just start off by saying I'm not a guru or a genius in any subject. I'm literally just a regular guy that has overcome a lot and I feel that I could bring value to your life. One of my gifts is motivating others, and that's something that I'm really excited to do with this podcast, and I think that this is a good avenue to continue to be able to do that. I have taken a lot of influences of this, so if you feel like if you see something and, or you hear something and it sounds like, oh, man, I've, I've heard something similar over here, I've taken influences from all over the place, so I don't want just to think that I'm like coming up with everything and I'm this like original person. I really just want you to know that I'm coming from the heart with what I bring to you, okay? So we're going to have a couple different types of shows with this. We're going to have motivational content, right, to where we're actually working on lifestyle stuff, whether it's like fitness or nutrition or other things to keep you motivated, living towards a healthier life. Second chance testimonies will be a thing that we're going to do. So I'm going to bring people who have overcome tough situations or battled tough life situations and then ended up successful because there's a lot of us going through things out there. And I feel like it really helps when you see someone who's overcome it to give you the motivation to know that you can overcome these obstacles also. And then lastly, and this one will make more sense when you get to the end of my testimony and you understand like where this comes from, but I I really want to tackle some hard social issues. I know that a lot of these social issues are led by politics in the news and media. And I feel like that's the absolute worst place that it could happen. I feel like we have a world that all wants to come together and wants to come together as a team, but we just got to figure out how to have these hard conversations. And I'm just a person who's actually willing to do it. It might not always be perfect. And we're going to bring people always on from opposing views. It's not just going to be like everyone that agrees with exactly what I agree with. So those are kind of our, our uh, setups or how we're planning on starting and running this show. I want to go ahead and give you just a quick testimony so you kind of understand my past and uh, who I am as a person. So you know, like what the host is about on this show. I grew up in a military household, um, dad traveled around a lot, did a lot of stuff, uh, was gone for work. And uh, it was me, my mom, my little sister. You know, my mom struggled with alcoholism when I was at a young age. And I feel like I feel like that's part of the reason I kind of went down the same path there for a little bit. But anyway, so when I was about 16 years old, I started experimenting with drugs. 16, uh, from 16 to 26, I was pretty much a full-blown drug addict. Uh, I struggled, man. I just, it was more of what I could get out of people. I was a taker. I took from people, not like stealing, but it was like, how did things benefit me as opposed to my new mindset, which is how can I benefit others? But when I was about 17 years old, I had a couple good scholarship offers that I lost because I got arrested with marijuana my senior year, got kicked off the team. And it was just kind of downhill from there. I ended up going to a college, pledging a fraternity, and it was just about partying for me. I, uh, started to sell drugs because I couldn't afford to continue to do them. And after a year of, once I failed out of college, I was like, man, this is not the life I want. I started to try to make those transitions, but I just couldn't get it together. So I called my mom who lived in Texas and I said, mom, I need to get out of here. Uh, Can I come live with you? And she goes, yeah, sure. You can come stay with me, but you're not going to, you're not going to, I'm not giving you a flight. You're going to take a Greyhound. I'll never forget. It was like a five day Greyhound to get from Philadelphia. I grew up in Philadelphia to Texas And when I got down here, I got a job, I was waiting tables, but she was like, you need to make a move in the right direction for what you want to do. So me thinking, okay, I'll join the military. It was an awesome experience. It was, 
I was doing really good. It was one of the best things. I was set up, man. I was a squad leader. I ranked up in boot camp, which is rare. And then I came home on leave and same mistake I've always made. I relapsed, went back, failed a drug test, now kicked out of the Marines. So now I've lost a full ride scholarship, failed out of school, kicked out of the Marines, and it only gets worse, okay? So I come home from the Marines and uh, I'm trying to figure out now, now what do I do? Still struggling with addiction, still partying too much, just not living the healthy life that I know I should be living. I start selling cars. Well, that if anyone knows anything about substance abuse, that's not a good place to be uh, if you're trying to get your life clean. Anyways, I started messing up still, or not started. I continued to mess up at that point. And that point, my I continued to sell to be able to afford my habits and what I was going through. I still, when I say it, sometimes I feel shame in it, but I just want to give you guys the full story so you know my whole past and, and how I've overcome this. So I started to sell drugs and it was just, that was just the start of, exactly what it sounds like. After a couple years, my door ended up getting kicked in by the DEA. And uh, I was sentenced to nine years in federal prison, right? Now, to some people, that sounds like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. That's horrible. But to me, it was literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, I needed that time away to be able to get my life together. I needed to be able to stop taking everything in life for granted. You know, I don't know if it was from growing up kind of privileged, but I just, I literally just took everything for granted in my life. But once everything was stripped away from me and I went to prison, I had two decisions, to, I, two choices to make. I was like, look, I can sit around here for the time that I have to do in prison feeling sorry for myself, or I can figure out how I get my life together and what sort of steps I can make in the right direction while I'm incarcerated. So when I went to prison, I was out of shape. I was bigger than I am now. I was about 280, 290 pounds, really close to 300 pounds. And so the first thing I decided to do is I just started working out. Like I just made it to where there was no excuses. I was going to get my workout in every day. And after about a month or two, a lot of people started seeing the results I was getting. And I had a whole bunch of people from the prison start asking me, Hey, Sean, can I, can I work out with you? Will you train me? And I was like, you know, why not, right? I had time. They were willing to, you know, help me out and stuff while I was in there. So I started training these people. Um, ended up having a doctor who I was training, um, Doc. He had a fake hip, right? But this man worked hard. So after a few months of getting him in shape, and he literally got awesome results, he was like, Sean, you have a gift for this. He's like, if there's anything that, you know, or any certifications or anything you want to get while you're in here, he's like, man, I'll pay for him. I would love to help you. It was, it was a blessing, right? So it was, So at that point, um, I'm in there now. I'm taking classes so I can get these certifications as a personal trainer. And then uh, opportunity came up for me to go to East Arkansas Community College. So I was like, man, let's go. I was like, free college. So I went in. I got an associate's degree in business. Um, so now I'm three, three personal training certifications, an associate's degree. And there's so many more stories involved with that, but that'll come out later. So I took an RDAP drug program. It was a residential drug abuse program, and uh, it gave me a year off my sentence. And it was life changing because it was a rational thinking program. It became more about my thought patterns, not so much my desire to want to use drugs. And I feel like that's something that I was always lacking. I could talk myself into into doing anything with a little self pity. And this is a, a huge lesson right here. Also to keep in mind self pity is literally the way the devil will try to hold you down. Like if you start feeling sorry for yourself, you're like, oh, man, I, I don't deserve this. It, you can talk yourself into doing just about anything. So that's like a, a characteristic that I always have to, or a, a feeling that I always have to check when I start feeling sorry for myself. Like, no, 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 I'm not a victim. I make these decisions and I'm going to continue to make the decisions. So my goal, this is how prison will knock you down. My life goal at this point was to make $12 and 50 cents an hour. 
so I could get $500 a week. I wanted to get an efficiency apartment. Uh, my son was born right before I went to prison. Luckily, I had an amazing mother uh, who brought him every month to come see me, so we still were able to maintain that relationship. When I came home, immediately I got that job, right? I got a job at a gym making $12.50 an hour, <laughs> and I know it's a lot of people laugh, but uh, I was so proud of that. Like, I was building this guy's gym up. Like, I was at the mall passing out cards, like, hey, come to this gym, come work out with me. And, like, his gym was, like, growing crazy. And so while I was on home confinement, because I just got out, so I had to live at the house, I met this girl at the gym. Her name was Christy. And we, we were just friends. You know, we just started off just as friends. And she had mentioned to me one time, and she was like, you're doing so good building this guy's gym. Why don't we open our own gym? And it's funny, I laughed because I was like, well, I have a 490 credit score and about $17 to my name. I was like, I don't really have that much to offer right now because I had just gotten out. Uh, we both laughed about it, and it kind of you know, went by the wayside. At that point, we just kind of left it alone. Well, a couple months later, after I'm continuing to build this guy's gym, she goes, no, let's, we need to open our own gym. And me and our relationship had gotten a little bit more serious at that point. So uh, I was like, again, like, I don't have the resources. And she goes, Sean, I do. I have the money. Let's open this gym. So that was five years ago. It was literally the first year I had gotten out of prison. So within the first year of getting out of prison, I got full custody of my son back. I met this woman. We got married and we opened a gym all within being out of prison in one year. Like I was not coming home and just sitting around and acting like a victim, like, oh man, like life is so hard for, for me because I'm a felon. No, I knew that I had to figure out a different path, which was entrepreneurship, because it would be harder to go work for someone with what I had been through, but I wasn't going to give up. So that was my plan. Anyway, so we opened the gym and we had like some pretty creative type of marketing stuff. Like, so what I was doing was I was blasting all over Facebook free workouts. So while they were building the gym, I had a park full of people doing these free workouts so that when the gym was finished being built, we would be able to already have members ready to go. And I'm telling you, like, obedience, I don't know if I mentioned this as much, like I am a Christian, I, I do love God very much. I don't push my, my religion or my choices down people's throat, um, but I'm going to show you that I love you and hopefully you can see my, my heart through that. But we had this gym open and it just took off. Like, I, I literally can't even explain it. That's how I know it was a God thing. Like, it just took off. Gyms don't open... We were literally paying the mortgage at our home with money we were bringing in from the gym within three months of having an open gym. Some people are taking a year just to try to get to breaking even, but our gym, it just popped. Like it just worked because people saw our heart. People saw that we, we cared about our members. We, it was a family. It wasn't just a gym where you just show up and work out. We give you, um, we give you a meal plan, we accountability, we track your measurements. It's like you get a whole personal trainer but you don't have to pay $100 an hour like a regular personal trainer costs. That's been six years. The gym is second chance fitness, second chance being, you know, my second chance at life. And, um, and it was cool because after about the second or third year, there was a police officer working at our gym and uh, or working out at the gym. And he was like, man, Sean, I would really, I'd really like for you to come and give your testimony with the kids at uh, Turning Point Academy. Turning Point Academy is a school in Arlington where Arlington, Texas, where if you've been kicked out of a regular school, they send you to Turning Point. So it's called an alternative school. So I went there. I was super excited. I'm really into shoes. So I wore like my Dior One Jordans because I knew that that would connect with the kids right away. Right. So and it did. So I get there. Kids are already talking about the shoes. We're we're vibing, kind of chopping it up. I explained my testimony to the kids. These boys were so thirsty for motivational knowledge and like these, they, they 
just to have a man pour into him like this was just something that you could tell was not happening regularly. And uh, the counselor asked all the kids, he goes, let me ask you all, there was 30 kids. How many of y'all have a father figure in your lives or any male role model in your lives? And literally three of the 30 kids raised their hand. And like at that point, I knew I was like, you know what? Because I had been praying, should I open another gym? Um, like, what should I do? I have this extra time. The gym's running itself. Uh, and I feel like that's when I got my, uh, my calling that I was going to start a mentorship program. I just really felt like these boys needed it. Uh, I needed it when I was a kid, um, especially around that age, 16, 17 years old. It's easy to, uh, to go the wrong path. So, so I literally with no, the same way I'm doing this podcast, I have no experience. I don't even really know what I'm doing, but I just jumped out there because I felt like I could provide value. So we got all our 501C. We became a public nonprofit. Everything went through. IRS approved it. Thanks to my family and some other people in the, in the community pouring into us. They saw the vision behind it. Um, and so currently, we have 13 boys in the program, three girls. Uh, we have mentors throughout the city that come and help out and volunteer and help us with this. With the mentorship, what we do is we go back into alternative schools. So if a kid's been kicked out of a school, we go into that school. Um, I share my testimony with them. We hang out. We show them that, like, we don't have any association with the school district. We don't have any association with the police department. We don't. So these kids can confide in us in a safe place without us having, having to be worried about being told on or being worried about the cops or, you know, whatever situation. Um, so we've really developed some really cool relationships with these kids. Um, and these kids, most of the kids in our program have had it pretty rough. Almost all single family households, almost all have a mom who's busting her butt working two, three jobs just to pay the rent. And I know I'm kind of stereotyping, but this is the main, this is what we see. And then, so the kids just got a lot of freedom, a lot of time on his hands. And that's where we come in to try to like figure out how to build them up from that point. So if a kid from the school decides they want to be in our program, we give them a little link and they apply for the program. And then what we do is uh, we assign them a mentor and they have five responsibilities every month. Okay. One is they have to turn in their report card and they need to be passing, doing as good as they can. If they're not passing everything, they need to show us that they're making steps in the right direction. Uh, they need to have good attendance. They have to do two hours of community service every month, which is really big to us because we really believe in giving back. It's something that has literally changed my life, being able to help other people instead of looking at how people can help me. So if I can instill this in these boys at a young age or boys and girls, um, it's just obviously a benefit to their life. And then the last one is a sit-down goal-setting mentor meeting once a month where their mentor will take them out to, to eat or just meet up with them and go through short-term and long-term goals, something these kids have never considered what they're going to do past 3.30 when school gets out, you know? So that's kind of, that's kind of where the mentorship's at. mentorship's at. We've been going for a year now. Um, I feel like we're making good headway. We're, we're getting into different schools. We're just trying to figure out what's the next step because this is, like I said, I literally just jumped in um, and tried to figure it out as I went because I just knew the calling was there. I knew the, there's boys out there that needed the help. Um, so that's why on the show, you know, besides our motivational fitness and nutrition stuff and besides our second chance testimonies and, you know, different situations people have overcome, I wanted to add in the uh, social issues because I feel like these conversations are extremely important. I feel like people are scared to have these conversations because it is intimidating. Like it's not easy to have conversations about race and things like that, especially because the news and politics distorts it so much by trying to separate everybody. 
And I really feel like our country as a whole is hungry to come together and build it. I don't know if that makes sense. Hopefully it does, because that's something I'm really passionate about. I just have to make sure that I uh, use the right wording and, you know, make sure that we, we do it in a safe and respectable manner. But that's pretty much, you know, it for my background, uh, what my heart is for. Um, like I said, the show, the show is going to be something that we're just going to put together, kind of see how it happens, see how it works out. Hopefully it helps people. And uh, other than that, I think that's really about it for this first episode. I uh, appreciate you guys turning in, uh, tuning in. Hopefully uh, you'll come back and listen to our next episode. And if you guys have any ideas or um, if you have ideas or questions or anything like that, we have an email, uh, forgivenafpodcast at gmail.com. Once we get more official, we'll get a, you know, we'll get a more official. But I would love for you to uh, please submit any questions you have, um, any ideas of any things that, you know, you might be curious about or, you know, be interested in hearing about on a podcast. Um, Again, this podcast is really just for y'all, man, just to just to kind of start these conversations and to motivate you and to uh, just give you a light. That's really how I look at it. Just bring a light to your life. So I love you guys. There's nothing you can do about it. And uh, see you next time.